But in Matthew chapter number 26, and we'll start reading in verse number 36. The Bible said, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Set ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And here's where I want to get to as fast as we can. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. As I said, this is a very pivotal passage in the Scripture uh, in my life. And I don't know who's dealing with what here, but I know about everywhere I go, I, I deal with people. And it's usually not in the church, and it's usually not in the altar. But a lot of times it's in the parking lot, or it's in a telephone call, and, and people are dealing with discouragement, and people are dealing with depression, and people are not understanding why things have turned out like they have. And you got some of your best people uh, going at, going through some of the hardest times. And, you know, for some reason, somebody told us that, uh, you know, bad things don't happen to good people. Well, the Bible said there's none good, no, not one. But yet some of the choice people that you have in the house of God suffer through some things. And, and I, as I was reading this this morning and understanding, as I said last night, I know that I'll be able to preach this here with liberty tonight because I know you'll understand. A lot of people do not understand that Jesus was 100% man, but yet 100% God. They believe that He just went through it, didn't feel Calvary, He didn't feel the whip, He didn't feel the shame, He didn't feel the thirst. They, they just believe, you know, He just flew through it in that Shekinah body and went on to Calvary and then it was over. He was, He is, not only was, but He is touched by the feeling of our infirmity. I heard Brother Rudy Smith say this. He said Jesus had a heart like you and I have a heart. He had a mind to think with. He had feelings and He had emotions, but yet He was without sin. I loved how He said it. He was 100% man robed in 100% God. You say explain it. That's as far as I can go. I have to believe that by faith just like I believe that there's a heaven. I've never been to heaven. I've looked at it through the lattice of the Scripture, but I believe that Jesus was the Son of God. I believe He was God incarnate. I believe He was robed in flesh. And I believe that He is coming back for us one day. But Jesus went through in this text. This is one of the most detailed uh, texts of Jesus' humanity. And I'm praying that the Lord would help us tonight, whoever it is, whatever it is that you're going through, uh, to find out if there's nobody else you can talk to. Uh, if nobody else understands, if nobody else uh, can, uh, you know, show sympathy, I'm glad there's one you can go to uh, and His name is Jesus. Uh, there's nothing you'll ever encounter in this life uh, that He did not go through. Uh, he was turned on. He was abandoned. Uh, he was lied to, lied about. Uh, I mean, all of them forsook Him. Even John for a space of time forsook Jesus. Uh, Jesus knows every... We've sung it for years. Jesus knows all about our troubles. He does know what you feel and what you're going through. In verse number 30, they sung a song. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this introduction, but they sung a song. And in verse number 31 and 32, Jesus tells them from His heart. 
He tells them in verse 31, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. That word offended, he said, you, you will all abandon me. You will all forsake me. You will all lose confidence in me. That's why they're going to uh, abandon him. And the Lord tells them that from his heart. In verse number 33, of course, Peter answers and he said, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Peter did not understand. I really don't believe Peter said that, not feeling that to be true. Uh, but he did not know in just a, a, a few short hours what he was going to do, what he was capable capable of doing. And the Lord is opening up His heart and allowing you and I to see and feel His emotion saying, every one of you all are going to forsake Me, even though they didn't understand it. In verse 34 and 5, there's the scene at hand. In verse 34, Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, This night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny Me thrice. Then Peter answered again, verse 35, and said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. Jesus tried to reveal His suffering to His friends, but they could not understand it. And so now He turns to His Father. And that's where we're going to go as fast as we can. Listen in verse number 36. Then, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place. If you have the habit of writing in your Bible, you ought to underline that place. Because in your Christian life, you're going to come to some places uh, that you would have never chose, uh, you would have never asked for, uh, you never saw them coming, uh, and the holier-than-thou brethren never saw them coming either. Uh, uh, God has allowed them. Uh, God has arranged them. We can, we can uh, stay till the sun comes up and try to understand why God does what He does and why God doesn't stop what He doesn't stop. Uh, that makes Him God and that makes you and I uh, to trust Him and have faith in Him. They come to a place. They come to a place. It's amazing in life how life brings us to places. You may be at a place tonight that you never expected you would ever be. And you can add to all of these, and these are the ones we always use commonly. But when death comes, and when death comes suddenly, we had a tragedy hit our church just a couple of weeks ago. And I won't call names and won't go into a lot of detail. But there were some siblings with firearms and, and one of them was narcotic up. And I mean, it was just, a, it never should have happened. And it was two brothers come together against themselves and one took his brother out of this world trying to protect his family. And you talk about something hitting quick. I've been accused. If you're going to preach, you're going to be accused. I was accused last year of taking Bible and preaching it at certain situations. And you know what? I say amen. I do. When my people come in broken, they're God's people, but when they come in broken and dragging, they don't know which way's up, which way's down. I'm not going to preach on Ezekiel's wheel within a wheel. I'm going to try to find God in the page of these Scriptures. Get them to God. He's the only one that can help them and comfort them and console them. I don't have the answers. I don't have the antidote. There will come a time when you come to places that you cannot deal with. Diseases and sicknesses. Our church is being flooded right now with disease. And I tried to tell them it's been 15 years since I first met them. We're all 15 years older. And if the Lord doesn't come, there's going to be a lot of us have to go by the way of the grave. It's just the process of time. Desertion, depression, 
Depression of the soul, depression of the senses. That's where Jesus is in verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. That name Gethsemane, they say it means in the Greek oil press. It's a place of pressure. And from what I recently read from Jewish history, at the foot, we know it's at the foot of the Mount of Olives in verse number 30. uh, And at the foot of the Mount of Olives, there was a slow process in in crushing uh, these olives uh, to get the oil to uh, come out of them. It was usually done in September uh, to November. And the process was that the farmer, he would take a a stick or a rod, uh, he would grab the branch of that olive tree, uh, and he would hit it with that rod, uh, and those olives would fall to the ground and when they would fall to the ground he'd be real careful not to bruise them I'm glad God's real careful not to bruise us I'm glad we do not get what we deserve David said if God were to mark iniquity who of us would stand I know times your tree's going to shake and things are going to fall to the ground but he's not there to hurt us he's not there to take us out he's there to draw us in to places that we've never been he's there to show us things that we never would have seen outside of these places. David said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Each olive, they say, is filled with oil. Over half of the olive's weight is that of pure oil. The pits are the first thing that's removed. And then the olives are gently placed onto a large basin. And on that basin, that's where the pressing begins. And there's a, a stone that looks sort of like a, a, a mountain millstone, but yet it, it's more oblong than it is just circular. And it's got a stick that goes through it. And they go around that big stone. And he's got that stone rolling around. And the olives are placed in there. And he goes around. And it starts crushing those olives. And they say that that first time of crushing, that's when the pure olive oil comes out. That's what they use for illumination. That's what they use for medication. But see, it doesn't stop at one time. In the middle of that stone, there's a hole and that pulp falls down and is caught. The pure oil is extracted and it's taken and it's used for those purposes. But then the pulp is put back up there again. And it's crushed and it's crushed and it's crushed. Have you ever went through a situation and you thought, man, we had a good service Sunday and you thought, well, maybe sure this has got to be a come to an end and you show up Monday, Monday comes around, nothing's changed, you're still battling the same battles. It'll take God to help you encounter and overcome when those situations come in life. Here they are. They're being crushed. Those olives are crushed and the oil is coming out. There has to be a separation to get the skins and the husk, if you will, off of those olives. And they say that that second pass is when the olive is crushed and crushed and crushed. You say, preacher, this thing ain't ever going to end. It's going on and on and on and on. I'm glad I'm not the one that does the crushing. And the devil's not the one that does the crushing. Whether you understand it or not, God Almighty has brought us in to some garden experiences to reveal Himself to us like we've never seen Him before. Verse number 36, there's a place He comes to. There's the pressure of what it's called, Gethsemane. But then there's the proposal. Now watch this. Jesus, that's Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto unto the disciples, here's what He says. He says, set ye here. 
while I go and pray yonder. In just two verses, he's going to go from set ye here to asking them to tarry here. Would you, ter- would you watch? In just a moment, a fleeting moment of time, in less than 25 words, uh, it's going to go from sorrowful to exceeding sorrowful. Isn't it amazing how things can escalate in just a short amount of time? See, this was the text that helped me when my brother took himself out of this world. We may say more about it. I don't want to magnify him over the Lord. But this is the text that kept me sane when there was no answers. That's the power of the Word of God. You say, it can't help me. You don't know where I'm at. You don't know what I'm going through. If you'd give Him a chance, that's what we're going to get to as fast as we can. If we can get to the end of this and hear Jesus say, if it be possible, He's going to pose a question. And then He's going to say, nevertheless, now I'm going to surrender. I'm going to submit. Lord, I can't, but You can. Here it is. Sink or swim. If I make it, it's going to be by You. It's going to be by You. In verse number 37, he's got the greatest of his servants. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. He began to be sorrowful and very heavy. That word sorrowful, it means in distress, according to the Strong's Concordance. It means to be sad. The phrase very heavy is not talking about his bodily weight. It's talking about mental distress. And I preached that down through the years after all of that happened. And that was the very way that I pillowed my head at night was that God knew and that God would give grace and His grace would be sufficient and that there was a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But I am telling you, Jesus was just what that verse says. He was sorrowful and very heavy in His humanity. He was going through the despair. He was going through the despondency. Uh, He was going through the mental anguish and distress. Uh, That's why he's going to say in just a little while, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. It's not that he didn't want to encounter the cup. It's a cup that he had never, ever had to look into or taste of before or since. See, in verse number 37, he tells them, he said, he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And this time of coming through Matthew 26, and I may say it once or twice so I don't forget to say it, you can read it again. I may be wrong, but I've read it a couple times. Those disciples never say a word. They never say a word. And that helped me, preacher, so much. Because when you're going through a time when your world is turned upside down. They ain't, that ain't right English, but there's not anything anybody can say. I stood at Crown College when they had my brother's funeral and I tried to stand down there by my mother and I tried to, I did, I tried to act like everything was all right and I was holding it together. But inside my mind, I was wrestling and there was so much questions and so much uh, things I did not understand. And one of my best friends came by. And I know he meant well. And here's what he said when he came by and shook my hand. He said, Jimbo, if you cry, if you cry, he said, you'll cry alone. He said, if you'll laugh, the world will laugh with you. And I know he meant well. But he did not understand what was going on. 
There'll, be, there'll come a time, and there is a ministry of listening. Just being a burden bearer. Sometimes more damage is done by trying to tell what you don't really know. People can't, and it's just what we've always said. I know how you feel. I'm sorry. And I appreciate that. But you don't know. When a mama goes by and there's her boy or girl laying there, and you say, I know how you feel. No, you don't. And I know we don't mean it wrong. But I'm telling you, there's one we can tell to. There's one we can talk to. There's one we can pour our heart out to that does understand, uh, that does know what we're feeling. Paul said when we don't even know how we should pray as we all, He makes intercession for us. Uh, when we don't even know what we ought to say to God Almighty, uh, God knows our heart. He knows our heart. See, they saw Jesus' power at Jairus' house. When He raised Jairus from the dead, they saw His preeminence on the Mount of Olives. But see, now there's the pressure's mounting and they're seeing and hearing something out of Jesus they've never heard before. Have you ever went to an elder saint of God that's always been a, a stronghold, a pillar in your Christian life? And they say things that might not be out of, might not be of the ordinary. They may do things that just doesn't seem like them. These disciples have never seen Jesus. And I'm going to say it and you'll understand it. They've never seen Jesus break down. He's going to go from a moment of saying, set you here. That's the way He's always talked. But then He's going to say, would you tarry? Would you all just wait for Me? Would you all just watch? And they don't ever say anything, so that lets me know what He wanted is what you and I often desire. He just wanted companionship. He just wanted somebody to be a friend. He just wanted somebody to be there with Him when, it, when everything in the world is getting ready to turn upside down. Amen. They don't say a word. In verse number 38, Then saith He unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful. They saw things in verse 37 as never before, but now they hear things that they've never heard before. They've never heard Jesus say, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. They've never heard Jesus say, I, I, I'm, I'm heavy, my soul is ex-. They've never heard Him make those statements. But they never say a word. All the way through this whole story in verse 46, they never say a word. He tells them at the end of verse number 38, he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. How things can escalate in just a moment of time. Amen. And when he made that statement, and I'll save you the time of looking it up because I spent a lot of time when he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. And you know what that means? Even unto death. See, you don't know how you'll leave this world. When I was preaching on dementia and Alzheimer's on the radio, if you've ever had anybody that's had to encounter that, you may leave, they may leave this world not knowing you or anybody else in this world. And there was some of that crowd in Yancey County that believes you've got to get saved every time. You've got to feel like you've got to get saved. And, and the statement got back to me that I hope that they ask God to save them. And, and what it was was if they cannot give a clear explanation of when they got saved, then they're not saved. My mother left this world with dementia. Greatest Christian lady I've ever known. My wife is second. 
The greatest Christian lady I've ever known. And I'd take her pictures of my daddy. And she'd look at my wife and she'd say, that's Big Jim. And she'd smile. And she knew who I was and she knew my wife and my kids. But I'd take her pictures of Buster and I'd say, I'd say, look right here. And, I, and if you've ever had anyone in that condition, you know that look. She looked. And she, she'd look at Amanda like she was supposed to know. She said, I, I don't know. And my mama's in hell. We might as well eat, drink, and be merry. See, that's why John said, These things we write unto you that ye may feel like you're saved. Or that you can prove to the brethren that you're saved. I don't care if the brethren believe it or not. I don't care whether they feel it or not. I've got this heavenly letter right here that said, These things I write unto you that ye may know that you pass from death unto life. I'm not trying to get in, hope to get in, making it up the rough side of the mountain. He's already told us about the one that ascended to that mountain you and I could not go to. Brother Lance Carpenter wrote that song when he was getting ready to leave this world. He said, I may not remember him, but he will remember me. That's a, the Henderson said, that's enough to get home on. Jesus is silent. His disciples are silent to him. And in verse number 39, let's get there and finish. He went a little farther. And I'll tell you, verse 39 is really hard to believe. We have to believe it by faith. The Bible said he went a little farther and he fell on his face. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus fell upon the earth that he created? He spoke into existence. Do you believe that the God-man, the supreme ruler, the creator, the monarch of the universe, the Bible said he fell on his face. Can I preach that right there like I used to years ago? Mom and daddy, you ever felt like you fell on your face? You wonder where your kids are. Hey, we could have all done better. We can look back now and say there's more we could have done. But I'm telling you this, they've got a choice. They've got a will. But I tell you, it'll worry you. It'll war with you in the night. You feel like a failure. As a preacher, you feel like a failure. Brother Jeffrey just wrote an article on Peter failing at being a failure. Have you ever failed on your face? Jesus knows what it is when your business has failed. When you're a public humiliation. I mean, it seems like everything that you touch falls apart. He knows what it is to fall upon His face. Amen. Now Luke said that He kneeled down. You say, well, there's a contradiction. No, there's not. To you and I, it's an expression of failure. But here is the posture of a painful prayer. The Jews said that one's head would be put between his knees and the forehead would touch the earth. That's Jesus, the Son of God, bowed down, broken, getting ready to face something He has never encountered. And here it is in verse number 39. He went a little farther and He fell on His face and He prayed. And He's not talking to His disciples now. He said, Oh, my Father. And church, can I help you right here? That next word, He said, If. Has anybody ever said if? And I say that and everybody looks at everybody. They've been doing it for 20, almost 20 years. I've said if. I've said why? James said you have not. Was it James said you have not? Because, or Jesus said you have not because you asked not. James said not to ask amiss, consuming it upon our own lust. 
Well, I used to preach that when all this happened. I was just trying to bear my heart. And people would look and they'd say, Ah, you, you never questioned Jesus. Well, we got Jesus asking him the Heavenly Father, If it be possible. Amen. If there's any other way. If it doesn't have to go this far. Not that he was afraid of it. No, that's the humanity. God is letting you see a side of his son that we can relate to in these last days. When things are happening, we don't understand. Preachers are going ballistic. Church members are going the way of the world. And you just do not understand. It's hard to understand. And the Bible said he fell on his face and prayed and said, Oh, my father, if it be possible... Then there's an insinuation of it passing. He said, let this cup pass from me. Back then when all of that initially happened in my life with my brother, all I knew was in that cup was the sin of mankind. There is the sin of mankind in that cup. But in the last five years studying the Old Testament, there was something else in that cup. It was the wrath of God Almighty. He's not just going to take on my sin and your sin and the world's sin. He's going to take on the wrath. That's something He's never done. There'd never been a division. There'd never been a quarrel. You've got three that are one. It's the triune Godhead. But He is getting ready to consume the wrath of God Almighty. The Hebrew writer, boy, I love that right there. I just love y'all love preaching. The Hebrew writer said this, that he tasted death Forever. Where did he taste death at? He tasted it in that cup. He said, it is finished. Amen. I know it's everything in the Old Testament that was prophesied, but I just have to believe the Son of God licked His lips like them old time preachers uh, after He had consumed everything of the wrath of God uh, and the sins of mankind uh, and looked up into the heavenlies uh, and said, it is finished. It is finished. He tasted death you can believe that. He tasted death for every man. Every man. But this last statement, and pastor's going to come. And here's what was heavy on my heart this morning. The last statement, he said, let this, he, he said, let this cup, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But that word, nevertheless, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. That word nevertheless, it means spite of what I just said. He just said, if it be possible, let it pass from me. But in spite of what I just said, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now here's what I want to ask you, and the preacher's coming. Can you say that tonight? Amen. In your place that you're in. Not my will, but thy will be done. If you don't surrender your will, it's going to get more than you can handle. And you're going to have to carry something that was you were not intended to carry. He is the burden bearer. Jesus said, nevertheless, in spite of what I just said, not my will. He's conceding His will, the humanity, to the sovereignty of God Almighty. Amen. Can you do that tonight? I'm not saying you're going to understand it all. Did y'all even know my brother? Some of y'all act like you knew him. There's some that's raised their hand. He'd say, you know, you'd hear him say, when we get to heaven, we're going to sit down by the river and Jesus is going to tell us everything. No, he's not. He ain't going to tell us one thing of why he did what he did. 
Oh, that's going to be wiped away after the great white throne judgment. We'd never be able to enjoy it. He's not going to sit down and tell us why little babies die before they're ever born. He's not going to tell us why there were abusers and molesters and suicide and incest. And He's not going to sit down and tell us. We'll magnify Him throughout all time and eternity. But help on this journey is by nevertheless, not as I will, your will, Lord, I surrender it to you. A lot of times when you're facing these situations, you feel like you're alone, that nobody else is going through them. I believe it was Paul writing, or Peter in his writings. He said that whatever it is we're going through, I'm paraphrasing it, it has been accomplished by your brethren that are in the world. Somebody has went through what you're going through. When my wife and I first got married, all she ever wanted was children. All she ever wanted after she got saved. She wanted children. She wanted a house full of them. And Zeke was born. My eldest, his birthday's tomorrow. And between Zeke and Bubba, she'd tell me if I was wrong, but between Zeke and Bubba, she had a miscarriage. And the doctor said he wanted to do the DNC and all. She said, no. She said, there's a, there's a ray of hope, right, doc? He said, well, there's a ray that we're, that we're wrong. But he said, more than likely, Miss Seaton, he's stillborn. And she said, I'm going to carry him with that hope. And I never will forget there where we lived in Knoxville and when he came into this world. But he was born, but he was born without life. Had a big old head like his daddy. He had fingers. He had t- don't, let, don't, don't let them tell you they don't have any. He, had, he looked just like his big fat daddy. But he had no life. Brother Sammy's wife, Miss Jimmy, she found out about it and she called she hurt my feelings, really. She said, Jimbo, don't you go back to the world. She said, don't let, you, let this take you back. I said, Sister Jimmy, I done been to the world. The world hadn't got nothing to offer me. And there were some ladies that had encountered what my wife had encountered. And I, I didn't know what to tell her. I didn't know how she felt. But there were some others that had been through. They just kind of hovered around her and loved on her. And you know what she's been able to do now, down through the years? When others have had miscarriages and stillbirths, God's allowed her, from what she's learned and lived, to try to be a help and lead others. You're not alone. There'll be times when others don't know what to say. And it may be like Peter, James, and John when there is just nothing to say. There might be things that you're seeing or hearing out of others that you've just never saw or heard before. It's the surrendering of our will to His will. Can you take what you've got tonight and surrender it to Him? Ever head bowed, ever eye closed, pastor's going to come. Thank you for the good liberty and your listening tonight. A lot of people don't understand this, that Jesus is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He knows your heartache. He knows your pain. He knows your physical pain, mental pain. One of the old writers read, I I was just reading it recently, he said the the pain that a mother encounters in a natural childbirth, she said when that, that child goes wayward as a prodigal, that prodigal pain is much more hurting than that natural pain because it lasts on and on and on. But Jesus knows. And He's touched and He cares. Are you at a place tonight 
you had a place this week you'd like to bring it to Him tonight, best you know how, say, not my will, but thy will be done.